all have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey. You've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. What do you actually know about the porn industry? Do you want to find out how adult entertainment is evolving to empower women? If you want to delve more deeply into how pornography can become more ethical and driven toward female pleasure, join me today with award-winning adult film stars and producers Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir, co-owners of Royal Fetish Films, here to share the insight they've acquired after over 20 years in the industry. Jasmine and King Noir are going to challenge what we think we know about porn and what they're doing to help steer the conversation about female sexuality in a more positive and empowering direction. So those of you who know a little bit about me or have heard me talk before know that I used to be a scriptwriter in the porn industry. But you don't need to have worked in the industry to know that there are some serious issues with porn. And it's reflective of some of the major issues we have within our society. People everywhere are afraid to talk about sex. Sex is stigmatized and seen as negative. The reality is most kids are being exposed to their first sexual images through porn, but because of a lack of sex education, they have no context with which to understand what they're seeing isn't real life, it's actually fantasy. So if we add that to the troubling things that we're seeing and hearing on the news, and all that's happening is that people are seeming more confused than ever about how sex can be a positive thing. Society and mainstream media are reinforcing negative stigmas about sex and gender stereotypes by slut shaming, instead of empowering us to embrace safe and consensual sexuality and, and educating others to respect our choices and our personal space. To shape the discussion about this problem, but the conversation is still being stifled by the dominance of mainstream media and male-driven porn and a lack of sex ed. Honestly, it fucking scares me. And it should scare you too to scare all of us into action. Part of my personal mission with this show and pretty much with everything that I do is to remind people that we should not be ashamed of our sexuality. I feel we should educate about sexuality in a sex positive way and give agency to others to help them make safe, consensual and informed decisions in their own private life. Before we scratch the surface of today's discussion within the porn industry, I wanna thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health and relationships, where you'll get access to a massive international network and dating platform. We have a very special show for you today. Joining me are two incredible guests, award-winning adult film stars and producers Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir, co-owners of Royal Fetish Films, who have a combined 20 years of experience as adult entertainers, educators, and master fetish trainers. Jasmine is a licensed clinical therapist with a strong emphasis on intimacy post-injury and intimacy post-illness. King Noir has combined his love of arts, film, and sex ed to produce erotica that stimulates and engages the audience to push their sexual boundaries. Together, Jasmine and King Noir have dedicated their craft to creating a more inclusive and ethically sound adult entertainment industry. Welcome, both of you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. We got to use that bio now. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> you just came up with that. <laughs> I was gonna say that's an amazing bio. You're giving I kudos. We did all that. Lexi, he doesn't <laughs> read anything right. Clearly, because most of that was taken directly from what Jasmine sent me. <laughs> but we you just gave her my kudos on our website too. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed. It's your voice, Lexi. It's your voice. <laughs> that's it, maybe maybe that's the difference. Maybe can I get you to, can I get you to read out my to do list? I will happily do <laughs> no, that. No, thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm so happy to see you again. I had the pleasure of meeting you for the first time at Sex Down South. I attended your amazing workshop about parenting kids about sex. And I saw you in action on stage at the Big Bang when you sensually and consensually dominated some very willing submissives. That was a lot of fun. Yes, that was amazing. Thank you. I'm very happy that I had the chance to meet you guys there. But what struck me most about you, um, because like I had mentioned before, and you know this about me already, I worked a little bit behind the scenes in the porn industry, but meeting both of you and how you're so real. And we talked a lot about that too, about how you really, really care about changing the adult entertainment industry in so many different ways. I really want to know a lot more about that. We're going to talk a, a lot about that today. Can you share with our audience a little bit about how you're really like smashing not so much pushing the boundaries but smashing the boundaries of the industry how did you both get into the porn industry so well you go first because you were my gateway drug (laughs) well uh, I initially got started in the industry when I was legally able to do so at at 18 Uh, I had a friend she was a dancer and she was like they want to take pictures of me uh, for a magazine and she didn't want to be with any random penis. So she was like, your penis isn't so random and I think you would enjoy it. And you need, at the time I really needed some work and I tried it out and I, I kind of already knew where I was headed in my life, just sexually, like what turned me on. I already knew I was a serious exhibitionist and all of that kind of stuff. So once I got into it, I was like, oh, this is cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Started doing uh, like, cuckolding and different like light kind of role plays and BDSM kind of scenarios and then started doing a lot of stuff online and modeling and been at it for a minute. Well, I was happily over here going to church, taking (laughs) care of my kids. (laughs) Yes, so innocent. I know. Well, so actually I was around 30 years old, so definitely a later start than, um, than most women entering the adult industry. And I was doing my own sexual exploration, doing toy parties and um, pole dancing parties and helping women um, on their own journeys as well. And King and I started working together and hosting these parties, these events. And we just happened to film one of our more intimate sessions with a submissive. And I watched it back and I was like, wow, like I'd watch more porn if it looked like this and it wasn't, you know, crazy, like it was the, the morning fuck one. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, the, you know, the regular natural lighting, um, no high heels, no crazy makeup. And more than anything, it was seeing two people of color um, have chemistry and intimacy and respectful. I don't know if we were making love at that point. Were we? <laughs> I mean, I Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you love fucking, you're making love somehow. Okay. So just passionate love making, And, um, you know, so then we said, why don't let's release it and see what happens. And it, and it did well. And the response that we got was exactly the reason why I wanted to release it. People said, we never get to see black people make love or be passionate or not be stereotyped, mm-hmm. make more. And so that's what we've been doing. So what are you guys doing differently with Royal Fetish Films that stands out from the rest of the adult entertainment industry? You just touched on that a little bit. I think that's a really important point. What else can you tell me about what it is that you guys are doing? 
Well, I think one of the things that we do that's very different is we put the camera in the hands of fans. Um, we put the camera in the hands of submissives. So it's like we direct through them or have them actually just feel free to move about, like show them like some little pointers here and there, but have them actually move about and film what they would want to see. Because so much in, in porn right now and from the beginning is just a male's perspective. So the, the woman's perspective is completely overlooked. And I think that actually putting a camera in the hands of women shows that there's a lot of things that people are missing out on in okay. sex. And, and you actually said earlier, so many people get their first introduction to sex through porn. You yes. know, if you're leaving out, you know, half the participants, <laughs> then, you know, how is it how is it actually going to teach you anything about about the body, about how to please somebody, how to enjoy yourself and please yourself? So I think that that's one of the things that we're doing that's a lot different. Yeah. Um, we're also defying stereotypes. So, um, you know, if there is any character play in our in our work, it's not going to be in line with what you may see in more kind of mainstream porn productions where, you know, if King is in a role, he's not playing like the thug. And um, if we have a, a woman participating in one of our films, she's not a hip. Black, black stripper. Yeah, black lady. stripper, hip hop. I mean, nothing's wrong with hip hop, but that's like, why is that word used to describe our sex? Mm-hmm. So I think that is definitely something that's different. And then we're also not relegating ourselves to one genre. It's um, when you look at our work, you'll see love making. You'll see hardcore porn. Not that hardcore porn can't be love making, but of course, um, you know, there's <laughs> fetish work. You'll see some stuff. There's solo work. There's just giving people an opportunity to explore themselves sexually through our work and not um, if you support us, you can only support one style of sex. It's it's very open. And we have a motto that if you if you make love twice, you know, the same way, then you're doing it wrong. So, you know, we <laughs> like to we like to show just a lot of different things, like even how Jasmine and I interact together on film. If you watch orally yours as opposed to sacred sex, most people will be like they're completely different, but <laughs> the passion is still there. The attraction is still there. So why not be able to find new ways to enjoy your lover? Oh, I love that. That's amazing and practical advice for anybody. And it, I think that's I that speaks volumes, like you were saying before, King, about, about uh, your relationship, too, and uh, just how you you use sexuality and really, really admire that. We're talking a little bit about their journey into the porn industry and how they have different ideas about what porn and erotica should be all about. Now, I want to talk a little bit about how the industry has changed and uh, what Jasmine and King are doing with Royal Fetish Films is so different from erotic production companies. So how has the industry actually evolved since you guys started? Has it really evolved that much? I think it's in, it's evolved in equipment and technology. I don't know how much it's truly evolved in practice and philosophy. You know, I think that there are still a lot of, I think there are a lot of porn companies, like I wouldn't even call them erotic companies. I don't think what they do is particularly erotic. I think that they just have sex on film. I don't know how uh, erotic, romantic, passionate it is when you pull two people and they don't get to have any real interaction other than that moment. I mean, sometimes that can that can turn out for real great chemistry um, if it's some great performers and they're attracted to each other. But there are also times when people get on screen and you can tell there's no chemistry whatsoever. So I think that that's something that 
hasn't completely um, changed. Uh, I think there are also still a lot of men in the industry who just hate women. They might be physically attracted to women. They might want to have sex with women, but deep down inside, they hate women for whatever reason. And that's how their portrayals of women are shown on camera. And then I think that also goes to uh, race as well and also gender politics as well that, you know, they definitely know that BBC or interracial or whatever sells, but you can tell that they have absolutely no respect for people of color whatsoever. So in the areas that, that I think things are evolving, it's really kind of coming outside of the industry where um, people are more empowered to create their own work. And the way that we're being um, solicited to work with individuals for their own independent projects and where they're saying things like, I want to, I want to work with people of color, but I do not want it to be done in this fashion, which as King's saying, the practices in the industry still haven't changed. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, you know, through social media technology, we're able to make connections without agents, without, you know, other larger organizations kind of directing how these experiences are going to take place. I think that the more King and I speak out and along with other advocates in the industry, I don't want to single like say that we're single handedly taking on this cause. Um, But I think people are feeling more empowered to speak up when they are not being treated properly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when they're shooting, um, when there's unfair practices that are happening. And also, I definitely think that we're raising awareness on how people of color are portrayed in and so we're getting people saying like I never really thought of that you know I watched it because that's all that was out there but I never really I I didn't realize how toxic the images that I was seeing until you guys really kind of broke it down so I'm really thankful for for people being more aware and being more ethical consumers of of the entertainment that they consume. That's interesting. And that's that's starting a little bit more now with that, like you had mentioned, you know, ethical, uh, not just ethical consumption, like people looking for uh, producers and performers who are producing ethical porn, um, but also people who are looking to produce ethical porn. So that's a that is definitely a very interesting way that the industry has evolved. But yeah, like you said, uh, it hasn't evolved that much in terms of practice and philosophy outside of those several advocates that you had mentioned. And I think that you know, that's something that we definitely need to do more work on. And part of that is education too, right? What other positive messages do you want your viewers to receive when they're watching your films? I think that this kind of couples with the the last question as as well. Um, With technology, you know, you don't need to pay for 16 millimeter film to shoot (laughs) anymore, right? So people look at us and are like, wow, you know, there's a certain stigma, I think, that there's still a stigma with being a, a porn performer, but I think that now there are ways that people can kind of get around it. You know, like you might not want your stuff released on like a mass level, but people can now record it for themselves and keep it in their homes. And just as Jess said, you know, we get people who want to book us to, to film for them or they want to learn how to film for themselves and have hired us to, to teach them like that. So I think that that's a very, a very good way that, you know, people can learn to just be themselves and explore their own sexuality. And if they want to be their own personal porn stars, they can be that too. One of the things um, that I like that our, our audience is um, catching onto is that porn performers are people. 
Yeah. Right. So um, and I think this really helps with uh, when you're watching things for sexual entertainment and education. If you're able to be able to relate to the performer, then that can actually ignite some change in your own sexual pleasure, your own perception about sex and um, even relationships. I'd go as far as to say that. So the way that performers are now using social media um, meet and greet opportunities, opportunities like this, where we're talking to, you know, your audience that are not in the industry and they're able to say like, okay, this is a couple or this is a couple that can articulate themselves outside of, you know, sexual oohs and ahs, right? <laughs> um, they have thoughts, they can piece together ideas and, and have concepts and they have work out, you know, in other areas other than on film. Um, we have a family, we share quite a bit about our outside life of shooting to really humanize the the porn industry and normalize that people can have sexual expressions outside of their their own home um, that you can be both an educator and a sex worker you can be a parent and a sex worker you know those things are not mutually exclusive I love that opportunities like these really does humanize performers and, and, and sex workers. I think it's so important to know that you're not just in front of the camera to fuck for people's enjoyment. You also are individuals and you have your own lives and you're not just sex objects. You're people. Yeah. So, and I, I really, uh, I really love that. And I think that's a really positive message that people should receive when they're watching you is to know that you're real people and this is real sex and making love does also look like between two people who love each other. Your porn, which I'm going to talk about how much I love it later, is really a nice crossover, very different than other porn that we see. And it's so much more real than the other porn out there because you do have that chemistry. You're not just two people being put on camera like King was saying before uh, where you're the only interaction you have is you know like penetration or whatever sexual activities you guys are doing together so I also love about your porn uh, is that you take such a sensual approach to fetish play and you also really have a beautiful way of portraying different body types and we were talking before about your award-winning sacred sex film so tell me a little bit about that because I think that is really a big thing and a society really does shame women for, for being sexual when they're pregnant. It, it's really bizarre. And you totally took a different approach to that. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Sure. So we, we knew that when um, we were expecting, we would probably do some, um, you know, we would continue sharing our experience. We share, we'd been sharing everything up until that point. And um, we, you, we also know that pregnant sex is a fetish. So that kind of definitely worked its way into um, royal fetish films. But we definitely wanted to do it in our way. And, um, you know, we were having sex in a loving way, you know, off camera. So why not bring that to camera? And one of the things um, was I was watching uh, my genre of porn change while I was pregnant. So I was watching gangbang um, pregnant sex. <laughs> <laughs> And it was so awful. It was so awful. There was, you could see that shame that yeah. society has about women having sex when they're pregnant. You could see like the shame and like the anger and all of, you know, it's, it was just very um, negative. And so I, I knew I definitely wasn't going to do that, but I wanted to make sure that something very sensual came about. And 
I mean, it was really natural for us. King was, um, you know, I felt like he was honoring my body through through that session. Um, we had fun trying to find different ways to get in positions for the camera to see. And, um, you know, so, so it was very real to us. And also I think women had a better appreciation of um, how they can still be honored while having sex, uh, while pregnant having sex. And it doesn't have to be like a taboo situation. I also want to say that Jasmine is incredibly humble because she directed it. Uh, I don't think she mentioned that. So it, to, I think that um, with sacred sex as well, from, from a, male, a male's perspective, you know, I do get questions from fans, especially when we were pregnant, that were reaching out like, what's a safe position that I can do? Like, you know, men have that thing like, am I going to hit the baby in the head? Or, like, you ain't you know, that big. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, he might grab it. <laughs> or, or like, I like this position, but I don't want to put that much pressure on her because I don't want to like induce, you know, like push her. You know, there's there's actually a lot of men out there who don't just have the negative perspective on it that do have a positive perspective. But they might be a little, you know, just not knowledgeable of how they can be the best partner they can be in bed during that time. So I, I definitely got a lot of men who were reaching out during that time as well, who had a lot of questions that I could send right to that film. And they were just like, thanks a lot. I'm trying all of that. <laughs> you know, So that was really dope. I love that. And I, I think it's very interesting how you guys want an award for this. This is, this was uh, really, and, and I, I've watched it. Um, and I think it's really something, and it's such a celebration of the female body and beauty in all of its shapes and forms and stages. Uh, it's really something that you don't see. I think that's, again, part of the way you guys are destroying all of these boundaries and just defying all of those stereotypes you were talking about. I'm just really happy that you're both doing this and you're you're really setting the ground for uh, the groundwork for more porn companies, more uh, performers to feel comfortable having this conversation and starting to produce more content like this that does celebrate the women and also like you were saying before uh people of color raising awareness about uh how uh people of color are portrayed on uh you know within the porn industry uh but on both sides of the camera we're going to talk a little bit about that later too i'm really thrilled to be having this conversation um at such a crucial time in our society we were talking about you know how much i really do enjoy the porn that you both create and it's what i like to call good porn um, so it's porn with a focus on female empowerment and the celebration of the female body and female pleasure. So uh, like we were talking about your sacred sex video, that to me is the kind of porn that I'm proud to watch and makes me feel really, really good to watch. Why do you think that there isn't more porn out there that focuses on celebrating the female body and female pleasure? I think King touched on that a little bit before. Well, I think first, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of cultural cycles that are occurring. So how you mentioned a little earlier that people learn about sex through porn. Right. So um, King talks about, you know, that there have been men creating this type of porn that does not celebrate women or um, puts women in 
in these really compromising situations where they seem powerless when it comes to sex, right? And then just culturally, in general, women um, are usually put in a position where they don't have they don't have authority of, of their body. It's either their, you know their father, their brothers, the the church, what, whatever. Um, and then it only gets passed on, given to their husbands, right? So that's just our culture in general. Um, but then it gets it gets placed in in porn. So you kind of see the same attitude in porn. So then as a, just to say me as a new performer that really wants to express myself sexually, but I haven't seen any other examples. Um, and I, you know, I really want to make money in this industry. So my goal is to work for one of the larger companies, right, where I'm going to be booked often and I'm going to get paid a good amount, but I have to keep this cycle Mm-hmm. Of, of portraying these same attitudes of women disempowerment. And as you know, there aren't very many women behind the scenes um, that are directing, that are scripting. You know, you're probably one of very few women that I've met that um, have held that position that are doing the editing of a film because even post, um, post-production <laughs> will show a woman in her best at her best angle or, you know, taking this angle versus that one, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the descriptions, mm-hmm. it could be a beautiful scene between two couples and the writing on the box will be, will always, you know, put the woman in such a, um, a negative light. So in every aspect of the porn industry, there, none of it is uplifting. So that cycle just keeps repeating itself. And it does take someone, King and I are fortunate that we can, um, step out on a ledge and create our own content the way that we want to because we have other things to fall back on. But that's not the case for very many people. And then there's this idea that because women keep doing it, then either we must like it or it's not that bad. Um, but that's the resources aren't available to us to to recreate the narrative that we would like. Hmm. Wow, that was that was so spot on. It is really too bad that there are not more women uh, who are working behind the scenes to create the kind of porn that we not only want to watch, but that we feel good about watching, that we feel proud to, to be a part of. Um, and that really does change that narrative for the better, because you're right. And we're, we're basically always going to continue to imitate the things that we see. And it's not necessarily on purpose. It's just, these are the themes. These are the, these are the social scripts that we continuously see. And it's not just in porn, it's on TV too, but nowhere is it more powerful when you're talking about sexuality than when you're talking about porn? Um, and think, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I think, I think it's pretty um, self-explanatory in the sense that when you refer to like the cum shot in porn, when a man has an orgasm, it's referred to as the money shot. But <laughs> people don't buy, well, most people, the, the, they buy porn for the female performers. Mm-hmm. So the money shot is any shot that they're in. Most people, they're, they're fans of the performers in it. They're not like, oh, well, you know, that scene was amazing, but I want my money back because of that cum shot didn't happen the way I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. You know, but that label then makes all sex that they've seen about the male's pleasure. So almost all porn ends when the man comes. Right. Yes. So the woman might have come 30 times. She might have come no times. But it's still going to end with the male coming, which then makes all the sex that you've seen male focused, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's another thing that we do that's different where it's like we, we have scenes where there is no male come shot, 
or the the orgasm is when the woman comes and then the scene is over mm-hmm. or it just keeps going or there's know? no penetration yeah you know there's so many different ways to make love have sex and it doesn't have to end just because somebody had an orgasm and it and and that kind of perception when you start to shift that paradigm right there it changes how people view sex how they view pleasure how they think they can please their partner you know like those the the two main questions that we get from males all the time is how can i last longer and how can i be bigger and usually that comes from them watching porn mm-hmm. yeah the same with and and for women the same thing you know how can i squirt or how can i make my man come and then you ask them about their orgasm like i don't know. And, and so there's because there isn't a variety in in the industry um that's where people are learning that's where they're getting their ideas from that's who they're comparing themselves to and so we're creating a really unhealthy sexual society if we don't allow people to see that your sexual experience is your sexual experience it doesn't have to mirror anyone's I love that you're and you're you're right. It is very unhealthy with the porn that we see contemporary contemporary porn, <laughs> male centric porn is very unhealthy to watch. And when I was writing it too, and having to write it within the constraints of like you said, um, you know, a, an industry that is very uh, dominated by by males who are saying this is what it should be. The money shot, the cum shot being very important. The female orgasm not even being something that we had to, uh, we had to think about scripting in there. It wasn't about the pleasure of the scene. It was how, what kind of angles can we get in there to like really show the penetration? It wasn't about enjoyment. It was very, it, it was, it was very, um, very much dominated by what men w- thought that they wanted to see. And we're also seeing that not all men want to see that either. No, that's no. true. It's one thing. It's a lot of times when we are speaking to people that we're going to work with, we ask them, what are you into? What are you into actually in your real life? What turns you on? What pleases you? And a lot of people are like, wow, like even people in our industry who are like, uh, I, didn't really, I haven't been asked that before. Mm-hmm. Or, they're like, I like this, but, you know, we don't really get to do that. Like, if you look at most porn, you know, there might be like 10 to 15 minutes of a man getting a blowjob. But there's a whole lot of porn that you'll see. There's absolutely no eating pussy at all. Yes. Seen, or if it happens, it's like, eh, eh, and that's it. Just yeah. to <laughs> get, just the penetrator. Yeah, just, just to set up penetration. Mm-hmm. When a lot of women say, you know, that's how I come. You know, so if you're completely skipping that and they say might either they come either from that stimulation or that warms them up to be comfortable enough to come internally, whatever the case being, you can actually show people, Hey, this is how you can please your partner. But they skip that whole part because it's not about pleasing their partner. And I do think a lot of, a lot of men would be open to, to different types of porn if it were available. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, we definitely, we are, we're seeing the bread and butter of that um, for sure. So this idea of like, that's what men want to see. I don't think that we're giving men enough credit. Absolutely. And, and it was something else that you just said too, you know, um, not showing uh, women, uh, even ex- being able to experience oral sex, like during an actual sex scene, 
And is it really any secret why so many women complain that they never have orgasms during sex if their men are, are, are constantly watching porn and this is what they see? Uh, how are they ever going to learn that this is a, that you know if this is the only way that they're getting educated sexually, <laughs> they're never going to learn that a woman needs more than just penetration to to come, or that it's important to you know give pleasure to a woman. Not that the goal is an orgasm, but that she should be experiencing pleasure during the act it's not all about him there are also some positions that are more pleasurable for both partners or positions that are better for hitting the g spot or the a spot that do not look good per se on camera for penetration because i've definitely been on you know mainstream sets and it might have been feeling good to me and and my co-star but they were like, uh, can you move? Because we're not getting the right penetration yeah. shot. So instead of being creative and showing angles or bodies or just letting, letting something natural happen, they're more concerned about a penetration shot that they're going to have 600 of anyway. Mm -hmm. And then that's people who are now missing out on, oh, well, that position might have been a position that would work for me. As opposed to, I'm just going to show a reverse pile driver for 20 minutes. <laughs> Or something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> really goes to show a lot more when you're when you're saying it like that. That you know, porn is fantasy. It's not real life. In real life, the, the kind of sex that people have, and I, I really have to say, the porn that you both create is so much closer to real life. It feels real, and it makes you want to experience that pleasure. Most porn that you'll see, it just doesn't include those components. And I really think that, you know, trying to, to show how sex is about pleasure and a mutual pleasure and not mm -hmm. orgasms, trying to, to really empower um, the viewer to explain to them that, yes, this kind of porn is available. You know, I think, yes, more porn like this has to be produced. So if we're talking uh whole lot about porn. Uh, we were talking about uh, the importance of pleasure in porn and not just uh, the orgasm itself or the money shot. We were talking about female empowerment within the porn industry and uh, talking a little bit about how uh, good porn could really help create a positive dialogue uh, in society about female pleasure in the female body. So we talked a little bit about ethical porn before. We're trying to get to the root of what that means, and I want to talk more about that with you now. What exactly does ethical porn mean in general and to you both personally? So I only describe it from, from my perspective because to me that, that's what makes it ethical, right? So um, it's consensual, mm -hmm. um, and I think everyone would probably agree with that, that it's consensual, that it um, represents the the individual that's participating. Because you can be consenting to something that doesn't represent you well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to make a difference in your experience. It's also going to make a difference in the outcome. Right. Um, and um, so I guess those are the, the two main pieces of what's ethical, um, ethical for me. I guess, and, and, and one other thing is that... Um, that it's real. So, um, and what I'm saying by that is that the scene itself is, it's, it is real in what it's represented. So there isn't, um, you know, fake cum being used, fake vaginal fluids being used. And so that the person that is seeing it is seeing what's actually, what's actually happening. King, is there any, anything that makes porn more or less ethical for you? Well, I mean, 
we always say, you know, as long as you leave uh, animals, children, and people who say no, and people who don't have the ability to say no out of it, mm-hmm. I think that's that's definitely like the foundation of it. But I think the ethical part that also comes in is the representation of people. You know, um, fetishes should be explored, and but people themselves are not fetishes. You know, as a black man, I'm not a fetish. I'm a human being. Uh, a trans person is not a fetish. They're a human being. So I think like in that kind of aspect as well, that adds on to the ethical aspect of it. And, you know, I think that what's being created, the, the people involved in it have some sort of say, just as, as Jazz said, you know, I've definitely spoken to other performers who will be like, yeah, I really needed to get the bills paid. So I had to do the shoot and it was a horrible experience, but I had to get the bills paid, you know, and, and you hate to think of people in situations that they're on film doing something that is now out there in the ethos that is never going to go away that they weren't happy with, you know, and people who push those kind of scenes on people or, you know, agents who push people who are fresh into the industry. Like, you know what, if you want to be popular or you want to keep your career going, then you have to shoot with this particular company or work with this other particular performer when as they might not even be comfortable or ready for that. Uh, When you talk about unethical practices of business, like uh, white uh, women who charge more to sleep with black male performers and how that's accepted in our industry. That's unethical. That's wrong. That is literally the definition of racism. You know what I mean? Or people who then will say things like, you know, why Jasmine or another actress of color can't be cast for the same kind of roles in mainstream porn just because they're a woman of color is the exact definition of racism. Like if it's, it's not like this is a biopic about somebody and you're inserting <laughs> Jasmine to play, I don't know, Eleanor Roosevelt or some shit like that would actually be off. But if you're just picking somebody to be in a sex scene and that can act and is beautiful, then why not pick her over somebody else? But they, they'll say, oh, well, you know, we're not shooting black women today. And that is also the exact definition of racism. So, you know, those kind of practices are unethical and they need to change. I, I fully agree with that. This really leads really well into something I saw on uh, on your Twitter, King R. really resonated with me. You were responding to some morons tweet uh, with some truth and some very hard facts. They were, you know, kind of debating the fact that there was no racism in porn. And you were saying... Racism in the porn industry isn't just idiots using racial epithets. It's lower pay rates, lack of people of color in prominent business roles and behind the camera jobs, stereotypical casting and scenes, and the fact that some people within the industry still look at sex between different races as taboo and dirty. Can you, I, like, I, I mean... I want to say... Yeah, please. You, you left one thing out because I know they don't give you enough um, characters on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Please. But how we, how we talk about, even in the awards... To win, an, uh, to win a major porn award as a person of color, you have like two categories. Yeah, that's specific to being a person of color. You know, yeah. like mm. if you're a good actor, you're a good actor, you know, and that goes for whatever color you are. If you're a good actress, you're a good actress. You know, it, it shouldn't have to be best IR scene. You know, mm-hmm. if, if it's a great scene, it's a great scene right. and it yeah. should be recognized as such. But I, I do think the, the thing that, comes down to it as well is behind the scenes. You know, if there are no black directors or black people who own companies, and it goes the same for for, uh, Asian, Latino, um, with everybody. If there are no 
trans directors out there, then you're going to have people who are going to portray a group of society, a group of people in a way that's not true to themselves because the person who's directing it for the most part is painting a caricature, you know? So you see that so much more in porn because there is and has been, you know, this underlying fear of black sexuality that's been here since this country started, you know, that, that just rears itself. It, it comes out in porn in so many different ways. So, you know, until those uh, background jobs are occupied by people of color and women and, and everybody else who's been marginalized, we're, we're not going to see that change. So that's why people like ourselves have to take it in our hands. So what can we do as an audience and as individuals to drive the industry as a whole to create more ethical and empowering porn? So um, first things are challenge the companies that that you consume porn from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're if if you like a particular company, you like the way they shoot, but you notice that they tend to be more stereotypical in 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 the way that they portray um, actors or actresses, or that they don't have people of color, or that the scenes that you're seeing lack passion or lack you know all the things that we talked about during this hour, then challenge them, tell them what it is that you want to see. Those sites that are doing things that are clearly unethical, misrepresentation, you know, challenge them as well. So, you know, consumers are the ones who drive the market, right? Um, And also, I think being aware or as consumers, you know, really spend some time thinking about what would you want to see? Opposed to just what's what's out there Mm -hmm. and go to your independent, smaller companies, your sex workers and and buy customs, you know, um, that really helps us a lot. It helps us understand what it is that people want to see and how we can produce content that makes people feel good. So the market has changed. You can really customize your porn. And I think that's much, much healthier. I definitely agree with that. If you guys, if you guys, the audience, uh, you want to look into finding really amazing, empowering and ethical porn, I definitely encourage you to check out Royal Fetish Films and also Jet Setting Jasmine's site and King Nora's site too. Could both of you maybe just tell the audience how they can get in touch with you after this? Because I'm sure they're going to have lots of questions and want to see what you're all about. If you put up the bat signal, I'll show up at your house. (laughs) (laughs) Just doing it now. (laughs) Tweet the signal. No, um, you can go to royalfetishxxx.com, jetsettingjasmine.com, jetsettingjasminexxx, King Noir XXX. There are a lot of X's with us. (laughs) Or you can just search us with uh, social media, um, King Noir, K-I-N-G-N-O-I-R-E, on everything, and you are... Jetsetting Jasmine on everything. And that's a lot to spell, though. We're going to have all the links up, no worries, but everybody will be able to get in touch with you. I just want to thank you both so much for talking to me today. I think this was a really great episode. I think that we uh, hopefully educated some people about what porn is really all about and what it should be all about. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And that is it for this week's episode, my lectual friends. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget that you can learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek, discover, and connect at sdc.com. Use my promo code 7070 on SDC and try it out for yourself. Tune in live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Variety Channel for my next show. And you can always download my podcast episodes whenever you want them on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. 
play music. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality.